Rolling. This is uh this is a Rutledge podcast, not the Rutledges. <clears throat> uh it's me, Gabe. Hi. How you been? Uh Christy's not doing this one either. We uh I don't know why I have this tone when I'm talking about this, like I have a solemn announcement. Because she found a new family. No. Um, she's asleep. Uh, yeah, I think this is what we're going to do going forward. And it's, this is really, this is really, I, I think, something that will make no one happy. <laughs> people don't say that enough about compromises. Uh, people say a compromise is everyone gets to be happy. But really, sometimes a compromise is uh, no one gets to be happy. Uh, I think what this podcast is going to be moving forward is it's going to be me and sometimes Christy with me. I don't know what the right word for that is. I don't know if the word is she'll be with me periodically. I don't know if it'll be occasionally. I don't know if it'll be... Uh, I don't know. I don't know the amount. Uh, but, you know... Uh, we just have a lot going on, and I'm I'm going on. Uh, I'm traveling more, so I will have more time. Not this week. I'll, I mean, I'm working this week, but I'm not uh, on the road, so I'll have more time to do it. And you know, it's the original idea of the second version of the Rutledges was, you know, quarantine started, and we quarantined up, and we're like, well, we'll have all this time. You know, I'm not going on the road. I'm not doing anything. Uh, and uh, we don't have any time. We never had any time. Uh, we have too many children. And I know that's not your fault, listener. Uh, man, I don't know if you can hear that. We have a very loud refrigerator. Uh, you know. It's, we have three children, and that makes our life exhausting. But that's, you know, that's my penis's fault. What a fine mess you've gotten us into, penis, yet again. No, I love my children, obviously. They're, uh, the last year, you know, March to March has been fucking exhausting. Um, just... You know, there was a minute where I had less to do, and then I started delivering groceries and still doing comedy shows, and, you know, school starts up again. We're doing uh, uh, Zoom school, whatever the hell it's called, remote learning. I mean, I still only have one child that goes uh, two days a week from, like, 12.30 to 3.30. That's the amount of time I have a child out of the house. And so it's exhausting. And and Christy has a job now. She's full-time paraeducating. And so when she's gone, I'm at home doing that stuff. And it's just, um, I don't want podcasting to be, uh, oh, God, we have to do that tonight. And sometimes it has been lately because uh, it's just, uh, 
It's just a lot going on. And and the whole idea of Christy being uh, working at the school was, you know, she would work the same hours our kids would be in school. That was kind of the appeal of it. But that is not the case because uh, they are only only one of three is going to school, and it's about six hours a week total. Um, I'm considering uh, making my oldest son just sit in the high school parking lot for six and a half hours a day. Uh, <laughs> just to get him out of the house. Use the school's Wi-Fi. We're still paying property taxes. Get over there. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's been, uh, I've had this happen in my own uh, personal life. As the feeling of like, I mean, we're somewhat coming out of coronavirus, and I don't know if we even have the numbers to back that up. I think we just all decided we're done, and uh, we're all going to get vaccinated and hope for the best. Let's fucking go. Um, but it's weird. It's sometimes you don't, you don't really process something until you come out of it. And I don't. I think, I think uh, March to Mar- March twenty twenty to March twenty twenty one. Well, I mean, you know, that'll be something I think about for the rest of my life, but it's, uh, even though it's not long enough ago, there's that much hindsight. It's now that it's, it's over in the sense that I, I'm doing comedy again. I'm a full-time comedian again, at least for now. And so when I'm kind of looking back at that, I'm like, what a fucking hard year. And I don't just mean because, you know, I thought I was going to die or get sick or my job went away. All that was super hard. But I just mean day to day. Washing the same fucking plates and cups over and over and over again. And that's true in 2019 also. But no one leaves the fucking house. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think how many times have I loaded this plate into the dishwasher. How many times have I loaded this plate out of the dishwasher? How many times have I scraped cheese out of this Fiesta Ware bowl? Uh, it's a lot, and I haven't enjoyed any of them. Well, that's not true, because I watch stupid reality shows while I do the dishes. Taking care of three children... Uh, maintaining a house during a pandemic uh, with zero breaks uh, can wear on a fella and or gal. And so no wonder uh, everyone's kind of burnt out. You know? I mean, if you live alone, that's its own challenges. That's boredom and uh, uh, running out of shit to watch on Netflix and uh, loneliness and isolation uh, but if you have kids, coronavirus has been, you know, it's been thinking you're going to watch a lot of shit on Netflix and then falling asleep two minutes after the credits roll, the opening credits roll. Um, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. And, uh, I guess one of the, uh, <laughs> one of the casualties of that is uh, this podcast. That's Not that it's stopping, but like I said, it's going to be different. And what I mean by no one's going to be happy is I feel like 
when I, when this podcast was just mine and I called it uh, Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge, I think there were people who liked it because I talked more about comedy, a little bit of inside baseball comedy shit, and my travels on the road and that kind of stuff. And uh, and then when we switched to it being the Rutledges with my wife, I think some of those people probably left because they're like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was, and it changed. And I think there are people who like what Christy and I did do. And uh, it's probably a letdown when she's not on the podcast. And I totally understand that. And that's why the attempted compromise is, hey, let's do it every once in a while so it's not like a burden. Uh, And I'll do it the rest of the time. Because I kind of still want the outlet to just run my fucking mouth into a microphone. Um. But yeah, so maybe no one's happy, but that's, what are you going to do? Free podcast. Uh, if you want it to be. If you want to pay money for it, you can do that. You can, in the episode notes, uh, it says support this podcast, and for as little as 99 cents a month, you can do that. But you don't have to. Um, so that's the plan right now. Uh, Crystal will be on still sometimes. Um, and then, uh, I guess I'm back to talking to myself like a friggin' lunatic. I like how I said fucking 48 times already, and then I throw in a friggin', like, this is a Mormon podcast. Friggin' bull heck. What the fudge? And flip you, if you don't like it. Excuse my language. Uh, that being said, uh, I will say... Um, I'm really enjoying performing comedy right now. Um, just, you know, for the love of the game. Not about uh, what I want to accomplish in my career other than pay the bills, but just, like, I missed it. I mean, I did some comedy during coronavirus, yes. But most of it was awful. And it it's starting to feel... I hate to use the N-word. Normal. Uh, it's starting to feel normal to, when I perform comedy, and that's uh, it's been a long time. You know, that's one of the one of the challenges of the last year. Is obviously I did less comedy. I made sixty percent less money doing comedy last year um, than the year before. But uh, you know, when when everything first shut down, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do comedy again. And then when I did do it again, I was like, oh, this is a shit version of what I did before. And I have to white knuckle travel to get there, and uh, I, 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 you know, I have to perform for spread out rooms that, you know, I was doing rooms with fifty percent capacity, but to be honest, most of the time, no, it was nowhere near close fifty percent capacity. You know, a lot of the clubs were just like, you know, they were open, but it was just like for practice. <laughs> I remember I did uh, the parlor. It closed. Uh, most of the places I work have closed. I try not to take it personally, but I am that guy, especially if I'm driving down the I-5 corridor. I could just go like, oh, yeah, I see that Burger King. Used to be a Red Lion Lounge there where they did comedy. Like, oh, yeah, I, I got a standing ovation at that bar and grill over there one time. Oh, that place? I ate shit. 
behind that AM PM. Uh, that's definitely me at this point. But the parlor uh, was in Bellevue, Washington, and I, man, a couple weeks before it closed, I did a show. I did a show there. I headlined there on a on a Thursday. I say headlined. Uh, I mean, I normally headline, just for the record. Uh, but I I mostly middled there because they have pretty famous headliners. But they were like, well, we have an off Thursday. Do you want to headline it? Uh, 500 bucks to headline on Thursday, too, which is pretty good for a Thursday. And uh, no one came. That's not true. Eight to ten people came, and two of them were comedians. Uh, <laughs> which is always, it was cool they were there, but it's also when you're telling jokes and you look out and see two comedians. Uh, you're like, oh, God, that's worse than nobody. But yeah, they were training new wait staff. Uh, apparently they, they didn't need to because the club was about to close. But they were training new wait staff, and uh, when I walked in, they were looking at some clipboard, and, and like the head waitress said to the new waitress, uh, now right here on the sheet is where the reservations would be, but we don't have any tonight. Uh, but just so you know, that's where they would normally be. <laughs> oh my gosh, shit. My show's a dry run. For the real shows, uh, but I'm enjoying uh, I'm enjoying new comedy. And another thing about uh, coronavirus comedy is I, I did it infrequently enough, or it was on Zoom, so who knows what that even means. Uh, where I just I did write some new material, but it was really hard to keep momentum. It was like I'll write a new joke, and then my next show will be three weeks later, and I would forget it or start it over. Or it's really hard. But I'm doing enough shows now that I'm actually like. Making new material, which is nice, because um, that was a that was a challenge uh, over the last year as well. Uh, I was at the uh, I was in at Maynard's or Menards, depends how you pronounce it, uh, in uh, Silverdale, Washington, last night, uh, which was great. Uh, two shows because they sold out the first one and added a second one, and. Um, but I will say, as much as I'm, in, I'm, as much as I'm enjoying the shows, uh, there is a little bit of. I mean, look, people always heckled. There was always drunk people, but people have kind of lost their social skills. They're. It's not even heckling. It's just like they're so. I don't know. It's like they're happy to be at a house. So you say a joke, and they're like, "Now it's my turn to talk," and you're like, "No, no, no, no you forgot that." There's a social contract we're doing here. You're at a comedy performance. I was teasing a guy because he kept talking last night. And he was like, I haven't been out of the house in a year. I'm like, well, you should have gone on a walk first or something before you eased into the comedy show. Like, <laughs> I know we're all happy to get out of the house, but you still have to listen. Uh... You know, I can't be on stage like, you ever notice? And then the guy in the crowd goes, I have noticed. Here's some things I've noticed. Not that I would ever say, have you ever noticed? I don't even know if uh, Jerry Seinfeld has ever said, have you ever noticed? But he gets credited for it because I think, I don't know, it's just an 80s way of doing comedy. But I, don't, I, I also don't know how many times Jerry Seinfeld ever said, what's the deal with whatever? Uh, but that's his, that belongs to him too now. But, uh, 
But yeah, the second I did the second show last night in Silverdale. I guess it started at 9 p.m. on a Wednesday, so that's pretty late for Silverdale, where usually you have to be home before the sun goes down. But uh, <laughs> I mean, the first show was great, just like wall-to-wall killer laughs for every comedian. And the second show was like, oh yeah, this is a job. Uh, and at one point, uh, I was trying to wrap up, but they kept interrupting me, and I, 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 I looked out the window from where I was performing, and I saw Papa Murphy's. <laughs> Sometimes you're doing a show, you look out and see Papa Murphy's, and you think, I could have chose a different life. <laughs> There's a nail salon, too, but I think my skills would be better. <laughs> Papa I actually, de- I delivered pizza, uh, that was... A long time. I delivered pizza for an, you know, I, I was a pizza delivery man. <laughs> it's all right. I will say it's not at all like it's portrayed in the adult film industry. I will say that. Uh, a little bit of false advertising. Yeah. Did you hear me try to shoehorn a 1,000-year-old joke in there about pizza liter- delivery not being like pornography? <laughs> I did that joke on Comedy Central. It was a different time. So long ago, uh, 2009, I did Comedy Central. I mean, I don't put that on the poster. They just put the Comedy Central logo. But the truth is, it was like two logos ago when I was on. Uh, But, uh, because sometimes it's kind of funny, actually. Comedians will be like, Whatever TV credit someone has, they'll be like, oh, you did Conan? Cool. How'd you get that? It's like, what? Not that I've been on Conan, but you know what I mean. It's just like a shit question to like, it's usually someone asking you who would know where, they wouldn't be in the ballpark of even getting that TV credit, but they're just like, how'd you get that? Like they want you to give them an email address or something, but. Uh, when I tell the story of how I got on Live at Gotham on Comedy Central, the funniest part now is <laughs> uh, I mailed a DVD of my 10-minute comedy set to an address in New York City uh, for them to watch and determine who would be on uh that season, I think, was season four of Live at Gotham on Comedy Central. Because you couldn't, in 2000, I think it was 2008 or 2009 when I sent the email, you couldn't, it's hard to remember this, but you there was no 10-minute links. There was no, you couldn't, there was like a limit on YouTube. You couldn't, you couldn't just put up uh, long clips on YouTube and email a, a, a link to someone. That didn't exist quite yet. It was a couple years later. So I had to mail an actual DVD or DVR or whatever the hell it was called. Uh, And someone had to put that in a DVD player and watch it. In fact, the vice president of something or other at Comedy Central after after the taping was a little intoxicated. And uh, so was I, no judgment. And uh, she was like, do you know a little slurry? You know what I mean? Not racially slurry, alcohol slurry, which they can be both, but not in her case. She was like, you know how many times I watched your DVD? I'm like, no. She's like, I fought for you. 
And I was like, thank you. I really appreciate that. And of course, in my head, I thought, okay, vice president of something or other at Comedy Central fought for me. Obviously, I'll be getting a 30-minute special right around the corner. Uh, but that is where the fighting for Gabriel Rutledge died. Uh, but still, I appreciate it. But yeah, that sounds like, you know, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds like I loaded up the VHS tape on the wagon train and they delivered it to New York City. Uh, and that's how I got on Comedy Central. Another thing, when I said, when I said, uh, I was a pizza man, you know, cause there's a, there's a term pizza boy, uh, and I delivered pizza, I mean, I was still a young man, but then I delivered Mexican food until I was, did comedy at, uh, age 26, 27. Mm, I think I stopped before I was 30, but still, that's a man. I don't, this is very unofficial research, but I just... There's no, teenagers don't have jobs anymore. I mean, you go to fast food, it's all adults. You get something delivered to your house, it's from an adult. And I'm, I'm also kind of thinking about this because I'm like, I would, you know, I want my son to get a job for that experience. There aren't any. I mean, there's not none, but there's like Way less. Even, you know, you go to Safeway, the person begging your groceries, either, you know, this sounds terrible, but they're either special needs or they're 32. And I don't, so it's weird. It's, uh, I feel like the teenage employment is, is, is going away. Um, I think it's all pizza men now. I mean, there's some, there, you know, maybe it's a younger person's game, but, uh. I got a, I got a, a wing delivery. Where was I when I got wings delivered? That was a, a while ago, two or three weeks ago. But I was so annoyed because it was, I was in a hotel and uh, uh, they didn't even bring it to my room. They just, I didn't know it was, inst, it was, uh, I was going to say Instagram, Instagram uh, delivered my wings from an influencer. No, it was, uh, no, not Instacart. Son of a bitch. I had a couple drinks. Uh, not Uber Eats. Yeah, maybe it was Uber Eats. I don't know what it was. Someone who delivers food. But I, I didn't know that. I just called the restaurant, and then, you know, then I got a, a text that said they were on their way. And so they just took a picture, and they were like, here's your food. They just took a picture and left it in the lobby. I mean, I, I was only in, like, room 212. You can't bring it. Should I have tipped more? I tipped plenty. I used to be in the biz. I didn't just leave it in the goddamn lobby like an asshole. I was a pizza man. I was a Mexican man. That's different. I was not a Mexican man. Uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of bullshit. Just like, I'll take a picture here in the lobby. Leave it on a couch. Enjoy your wings. What the hell? DoorDash. That's what it was. It was DoorDash. But yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, why go that far? Why not just put it in a parking space in the parking lot and be like, go get it. Go get your wings, you fat fuck. There was a lady at uh, the show, the second show last night in Silverdale. And uh, I'm not going to say any names. For obvious reasons, you'll see. 
But uh, one of the comedians, who was one of the openers, it was his his dad. His dad was there, and his dad's new girlfriend was there. And I'm not gonna play the. I have the audio, but I'm not gonna play it. It feels weird, and I'm not gonna say the name. But she was hammered. And she was interrupting everyone. She kept talking, especially to her new boyfriend's son. I mean, when I by the time I got on stage, she was saying stuff like, they keep shushing me. Everyone's shushing me. And I felt so bad. I was so grateful uh, to have oppressive, conservative Christian parents. <laughs> Who would never publicly embarrass me by public drunkenness? I felt so bad for the. I call him a kid. He's not that old, but I felt so bad for the other comic. It's just like the woman who's ruining the show is your dad's girlfriend. They're shushing me. Shh. I just. I just try to have fun. Yeah. Woo. She tried to be supportive, but she start clapping like ten seconds after she should. You know, like I, I'd be like, I've been with my wife since I was nineteen years old, and then I go into the joke. But four seconds later, she was like, "Well, good for you. It's all about love." They're shushing. They're shushing me. Shh, don't shush me. Like, good lord. I'm so good at drinking <laughs> compared to you because I've never, that would be rock bottom for me. That's not much of a rock bottom, but if I publicly made an ass of myself at a comedy show by not shutting up, that would be my rock bottom. That would be so humiliating for me if someone had to be like, you kept yelling shit at the comedian. That would be my rock bottom. It's not going to take a DUI from me. If I'm ever at a comedy show as an audience member going, don't shush me. I'm trying to have fun. It's about love. You got, don't shush me. That's it. That's my rock bottom. Public humiliation uh, would be my rock bottom. I could lose a job. Wouldn't care. No, I would, but. Not as much as public humiliation. The day I said don't shush me 400 times at a comedy show in Silverdale across the street from Papa Murphy's, that's the day I knew I needed help. I, uh, I wore glasses at those two shows last night, which was wildly uncomfortable for me. I, I have glasses, but you know I wear contacts most of the time. Uh, I wore glasses because I scratched my cornea. I guess the night before. In the middle of the night, I got up to let that piece of shit cat in, buddy, uh, from outside. And I felt, I thought, felt like I had a little something in my right eye. A little, a little fleck. A little something or other. Don't shush me. I'm telling a story about my eye. Uh, and... And then I was, you know, I'm delirious. It's the middle of the night. I just, I, I, I'm like, whatever. I'll deal with it. In the, I'll deal with the thing in my eyeball in the morning. Uh, 
And then in the morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, I still have something in my eyeball. But I didn't. It was just, I don't know, maybe I did at one point, but it was just like scratched. And it went from, well, this is mildly uncomfortable, to like two hours later, an intense, incredible amount of pain. The kind of pain that is panic-inducing. Not like the kind of pain like someone hit me over the head with a baseball bat, but just the kind of, it's, eyeball pain is, same with tooth pain. It's a very specific, weird, stabby, terrible, terrible feeling. And I, you know, lights hurt it. I can't, I couldn't see. It was like cloudy out of my right eyeball. Um, And I was just going to like, not let it go, but I'm like, I don't think there's really anything they can do. I, maybe I scratched my eye, but it got so bad that I, uh, I, I went to urgent care. I probably should not have driven there. It was like really hard to drive. There. I was closing my right eye half the time and squinting and the sun hurt it. And they gave me some drops and I don't know if they did anything, but it definitely, that's a, it was incredible how fast it healed. Cause I went from like, incredible pain and no vision to like 24 hours later like i think it's fine uh but yeah i i scratched my cornea the doctor told me uh he was actually like it's not you know it's kind of surfacey it's not too deep i'm like well thanks for making me feel like a fucking pussy um i thought it was really painful but apparently it was a minor scratch uh but in, yeah, anyway, I, I wore glasses to the show and it was so odd. I don't know. I, I hated it. Um, just because I'm not used to it. I'm not used to it. I don't know. I think it's the long hair. I don't. Long hair and glasses and a beard is a very specific vibe that I don't think I have. I think short hair and glasses would be a whole different thing. But long hair. And a beard and glasses is very, like, welcome to GameStop. I don't... It's like tech bro who thinks he's cool. You know what I mean? I don't like it. That's just for me. If you have long hair and a beard and glasses, uh, you do you. But when I see myself, I'm like, no. I look like that guy in uh, Silicon Valley who had a beard and long hair and glasses. Just some smarmy fuck. I don't know if you watched that show. But uh, I don't like it. I mean, that's another thing. With, with, as soon as I grow my hair long, I used to wear hats on a frequent basis. I can't wear hats anymore. I just look like Joe Dirt's chubbier cousin. And uh, I, I, I kind of miss that. But yeah, if I put a hat on it, it you know, with this look, it should be a trucker cap. And then I look like a roadie. Like with my hair and beard, if I put a hat on, I feel like a skull chewing tobacco circle just appears in the back of my jeans. <laughs> How you doing? Don't shush me. I miss hats a little bit. I have like three Mariners caps that I can't wear anymore. Uh, unless I want to look like I work on the Mariners team bus. I fixed her. Got the oil changed. 
I'm actually in the background right now. I'm watching the first Mariners game of the season. It's 7-7 seven to seven right now. What if I just had play-by-play for the rest of the game? I'm not going to do it. I don't know how it ends. 7-7, seven to seven, uh, Mariners home opener. Um, my son Johnny, future uh, St. Martin's University student, go smoo, home of the Saints. Uh, he said something to me a couple years ago that made me laugh so hard. He gets, he just Because I was bitching, I don't know. I'm the only one in my house who watches baseball. But he was like, if the Mariners always suck, why do you watch them? And I just started laughing so hard because I don't have a good answer for that. Like, if they always disappoint me, what am I doing? It's not, you know, it's like a spouse who's never been, like, you don't understand the Mariners. They're good to me, okay? I got this bruise from falling down the stairs. You don't know the Mariners like I do. Uh, and look, the Mariners, uh, this, is, this is how bad the Mariners are. How bad are they? Who said that? Me! Stop it. Uh, okay, they're historically bad in the sense that they're a professional sports franchise. They have the longest playoff drought. I don't remember what it is. 20 years or something. Oh, the Mariners just won it. Bottom of the 10th inning. Walk off walk. They win 8-7. to seven. They're winning every game. 162-0. Playoff drought's over. Uh, but anyway, this is, this, is, uh, this is how bad the Mariners are. How bad are... Shut up. Uh, you can wear Mariners gear. Like, I have a Mariners jacket. Can't wear the hats anymore. But I have a jacket... No one says anything. There's no, if I wore a Seahawks jacket, people will like at least good naturedly give you shit. Like, oh, Seahawks, huh? Not as good as my Broncos or whatever. There's like shit they talk. Do you know what I mean? Mariners don't even talk shit. The Mariners are no one's rival. No one cares. If I wear a Mariners thing, they just go like, oh, Seattle, huh? They don't, they don't even make people mad. Uh, you know, even the stuff that old people like me who are Mariners fans cling on to, like, back in 95, we beat the Yankees. Well, the Yankees have done some shit since then. (laughs) They're not still talking about that. Uh, but yeah, that's how you know your sports team sucks, is when no one hates them. They're just like, ah, good for you, a Mariners fan. I bet you don't cheat on your wife. <laughs> you dumb, loyal son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to call that a podcast. I have a bunch of shows coming up, mostly Northwest, because, uh, I don't know, a lot of my national comedy work is like the biggest stars in the world are doing it right now. <laughs> so uh, it's not really my turn. You know what I mean? I'm like, hey, can I work the Denver Improv? And they're like, we have Kevin Hart this week. I'm like, oh, shit. Theaters aren't open, but comedy clubs are. You know what I mean? So it's a weird time. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that depends where you live. Uh, If you're getting this on the day of its upload, uh, the day of our Lord's upload, I will be at Laughs 
Comedy Club in Seattle, Washington, uh, April 2 and 3. Uh, Yakima, April 10. Uh, April 11th, I'm at Tacoma Comedy Club with Todd Royce and Friends. I don't know how long I'm doing, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I'm in some brewery on April 14th. I'm in Richland, Washington, April 16th, 17th. Uh, I'm in Tucson, April 23, 24, Salem, April 29, Medford, April 30, Enumclaw, May 1, GabrielRutledge.com for all your GabrielRutledge.com needs. Um, Goodbye.